Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. Before we dive into who our guest is going to be, Joe's going to remind us of our show's purpose. Well, our show's purpose and vision is to connect generations of servants through stories of service. So good. I love it. So good. And we're going to come back to that in just a minute, but I do just want to share with our listeners um, who our upcoming guest is, and that is um, Alan Anderson. He is a longtime Rotarian. Um, He's a member of the uh, Northfield Rotary Club. Um, Also, he kind of piloted a subcommittee off of that, which is called RCAT. So that stands for Rotary um, Climate Action Team. So we're excited to have you guys listen to that. But let's uh, let's just share with our listeners a little bit more about our um, our vision and our mission for the show. Yeah, I mean, I think that since the beginning of this show that we've been searching for not only service, but we've been searching for what the meaning of this show is and, and what our our mission is. And, you know, I think we've we've come to the conclusion that the, the mission of this is and through the through the episodes and the inspiration of all of our guests. So thank you so much ahead of time for all the guests that have been on the show. You've inspired this, all the feedback that we've got from, you know, fellow Rotarians and other people that have commented on the show. And we really dialed into that there is a generational gap between how people serve. Yes. And there is no wrong way of service. It's mm-hmm. just it's just that there is a generational gap in how people serve and what that looks like. And the purpose of this show can really be about connecting those generations of people together through telling amazing stories of service. And that has been one of the feedbacks that we've gotten about the show is, wow, it's just, it's so engaging. There's great stories. I didn't Mm -hmm. know Rotary did this or this organization did that or, oh my gosh, World Vision. I didn't even realize we were doing projects of scale. Like, and it's been so fun to, you know, go on this journey. And we've been so happy to have all of you on the journey with us and and can't thank all of our listeners enough for your support. And you know how to support us too, by the way. Is you, you, <laughs> if you don't, then you then, you then, haven't <laughs> been listening. <laughs> but just as a reminder, how do people support us? You look up searching for service on your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube, and you like, share, five star reviews. Yeah, and you can email us. And you can email us at searching for service show at gmail dot com. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear what you think of this new mission and mm-hmm. and what we are setting out to accomplish. And if you I, I do want to point out a couple things about the mission that are really important. One, it doesn't mention rotary. It's yep. connecting all service organization anybody who is Across anybody the board. whether it's an organization, an individual, mm-hmm. connecting the generations of serve servants, people that have served their community through stories. And inspiring. And inspiring. Yeah. I think that's a big piece is uh, inspiring generations mm-hmm. and connections. Well, and I mean, because we're going to have so much and every guest that we ever have on, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of it that way. And a mm-hmm. lot of the times it's just the way that they're thinking or the way that they communicate or the way yeah. that they serve. It's yeah. kind of like love languages, you guys. <laughs> like, <it's>, mm-hmm. <laughs> There's service love languages. 
<laughs> That's cute. That's cute. I like it. Well, you know, talking about connecting generations, you'll hear in our interview that, you know, as a younger generation, we learn today on, on things we mm-hmm. can be better at and utilize and taking action. And I think that kind of illustrated a little bit of what we're trying to accomplish is that connecting the generations with not only opportunities and inspiration to serve, but how we can learn. Well, and I mean, and I know that we've had a lot of Rotarians on and and one of Rotary's large missions is to grow membership. And I'd I'd argue that's any service organization out there is to grow membership. And I think what we're all identifying is the way people serve now has been transformed is, you know, the younger generation, our generation tends to be less committal about a, you know, formal service organization rather than specific uh, projects Mm -hmm. or specific causes. And yes, Rotary is pivoting towards cause-based clubs and we've talked about that before. But I think that the messaging is even more important to look at like it's how we serve. It's not mm-hmm. it's not whether we serve or not. It's how we serve. And then how do we open the doors up for all service, all service love languages? Yeah. I'm I'm hey, that's trademarked. Everybody <laughs> out there, as of December fifteenth of two thousand twenty three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And I you know I think it. You know, when we talk about generationals, you know, I think younger generations are a lot more social-driven, social-issue-driven, mm-hmm. um, but are still serving. And yeah. and I think Rotary is also definitely involved in that as well. Uh, but the, you're right that there's uh, – what we're trying to do is is inspire and connect all generations. All bridging the gaps. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's the, uh, that's the important uh, piece and I, I know – you know, and we're similar generations. Uh, mm-hmm. We're pretty close, I think. And I, I've learned so much on different ways and different avenues and different opportunities, and and, and get inspired every time we we do a show. And it's well, uh, it's been fun. My favorite. This has been a blast. And my favorite thing about this show is, you know, it's hard to do what what we're doing is we're trying to appeal to. All generations yep. mm-hmm. of Rotarians or people that, of service, and we have found that very challenging. Like, yeah. I mean, it is sincerely a very challenging exercise, but you know, we're up to it, and I think that it's what absolutely informed our mission statement. Is you know, we saw this yeah. the, 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 this uh, difficulty in. Mm-hmm. So I got. I, I haven't even mentioned this to you. I, I had a call from a listener about two weeks ago asking. They had not listened to the show. They had heard the promos. And I said, so where where can I serve right now? And that was, I was well. There's that's a that's a loaded question. Wow, that, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I said, well, have you listened to the show? And it, it, they said, no, I I will because I'm looking for opportunities as someone that was in, going into moly. retirement. And I said, that's well, so you know, cool. I think for for anybody you're looking for something that you know, is inspiring to you and, and motivating. But I said, you can listen back and to try and find them yeah. there's, or, or there's go six, through there's... and Rotary provides other opportunities. But I, mm-hmm. it was a hard question. You know, I, I said, well, there's, 
Wow. We had some that were top of mind, you know, that we were, talk were about recent our, you know, like, ones. Service love languages, right? It's like, you yeah. know, you, that is a, a very loaded and broad question. It's like, well, how do you like to serve? And is it, you know. Maybe a cool little challenge for us is to identify five service love languages. <laughs> or if, if my, our listeners out there, if, you, if, you, if you've thought about this or, you know, have any kind of direction on how to guide us on that, I think that would be really cool. Because mm-hmm. if we could start to identify what people's love languages are in terms of service, mm. we can begin to help partner them with the right service opportunity or at least direct them. And if, you know, and I, I think Chad, I think you nailed it is this show is now 60 plus episodes yeah. deep. We have covered everything that you can think of. Well, I mean, not everything, well, there's but always more, there's right? always, there's always more, but I mean, yeah. we have, we have created a large swath of library of opportunity where yeah. if you listen throughout the show and are not, you know, Micro, you know, all different Everything. levels. I mean, if you're not driven to service areas, it's, uh... or there's something that at least tugs at your heartstrings a little bit, I, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. Um, I mean, truly, and I, I truly believe that too, is like we've done a really nice job of of, yeah. of, of doing that. Yeah, so broad top. I don't know about you. I am really excited. Well, and I'm excited same, same. Uh, for Alan's interview coming up. We are very excited, so... Well, we'll look forward to having you guys listen to Alan and his podcast. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops, and it stops. Up your game and show off your Rotary Club spirit. Did you know there's a one-stop shop for all things Rotary apparel? Russell Hampton Company is the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary-branded merchandise. From apparel like hats, jackets, and shirts to banners, tents, and awards, they have it all. And most things are customizable. And they can handle orders of all sizes. Russell Hampton Company also has deep connections to Rotary. In 1920, the company founder was part of Rotary Club No. 1 in downtown Chicago. Russell Hampton Company models their business on the Rotary 4-Way Test and gives back 10% of all purchases to Rotary, supporting its global work. So the next time you and your club are out on a service project, arrive with the right swag from Russell Hampton Company to promote your club and Rotary. Even non-Rotarians will want some of your cool hats, shirts, and jackets. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies, 
www.thepowerhouse.com. Hello, we've got Alan Anderson on our show today, searching with Searching for Service. Welcome, Alan. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Where are you joining us from today, Alan? I'm in Northfield, Minnesota. Oh, so not too far. Good to hear. Uh, so we'd just like to get to know you real quick. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I was uh, born and raised down in Oatana, Minnesota. Had a degree from Oregon State in wildlife management. There were no jobs. Ran a small business. Was in the National Guard. And then went to work as an executive for the Boy Scouts. Did that for 35 years. Retired in 2012 and started my next chapter as a climate activist. Look at that. And look at how quick you like spewed <laughs> off your bio too. Like your, like your resume was in like three seconds and life story and, you know. Alan, Alan are you well practiced in radio shows and podcasts or is this your first um, one? Not, not well practiced, although um, a conservative friend of mine who's also a member of Citizens Climate Lobby and I did – uh, once a month, KYMN Climate Show down here in Northfield. Oh, so you years. know. Yeah. Come on, Alan. <laughs> quit, bear, quit bearing the lead. Well, <laughs> how many – so how long was that running for? Four years. Okay. Very cool. So, yeah, you're, you're seasoned, sounds like. <laughs> and when did you become a ro- Rotarian? Um, <clears throat> when I joined the scouting profession – we were all encouraged to join the local Rotary Club. So initially I joined about, you know, in 1978. Okay. Um, but then because I had to move a lot and some of my jobs uh, had me on the road a lot, I didn't get reinvolved until about 2010 again. And I've been a, in the Northfield Rotary Club since then. And our club for a small town is uncommonly large. It's a, 130 members. Yeah. Holy moly. And we were actually talking off air that uh, we had, I'm blanking on who we had on the show, but we talked about the youth exchange and how you guys always host the most number of youth exchange uh, students. And so it's like you guys have all of these really cool feathers in your hat for, uh, (laughs) you know, a relatively small town that has huge impact nationally and internationally. So. Thanks for being yeah. a spotlight for that too. Yeah, very fun. We we send uh, we send maybe half a dozen kids abroad every year, and then have incoming students every year. Yep. Have you ever yeah. hosted? I have not. <laughs> we uh, in, our, in our club, we we have a couple of people that host, and we've had had a lot of visits. So. Yeah, so, yeah. Cool. How Are did you, you How did you get involved in? Uh, the climate action team with Rotary. So we might as well go right into kind of why you're on the show today. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's to talk about the, the Rotary climate action team and what that's all about. <clears throat> well, many moons ago when I was a young Boy Scout, my scoutmaster gave me a gift membership to the Sierra Club, which I've been in ever since. <laughs> um, and so I've always been kind of paying attention to environmental and climate issues. But when I retired, my wife and I went to a Nobel conference at uh, Gustavus Adolphus College on on climate change. And uh, at the end of um, 
one one NOAA scientist at the end of his presentation pointed to the audience and said, you all need to go home and do something. And I had just retired, so I figured he was talking to me. <laughs> but I uh, put together a, a climate presentation for churches initially and had that same NOAA scientist vet it for me and then started uh, promoting a free talk on climate to churches and that kind of launched me. What what brought you to churches as your kind of your focus. target focus with that? Like what was what was it? What was it about that? Initially, I I knew uh, having been a member of a number of churches along the way that many of them have adult education okay. uh, groups that meet either uh, Sunday mornings or some weekday evening, and I knew that they were always looking for programs. So I figured it would be a, a good place to start. Uh, but then later, I uh, in my Rotary Club, um, when I was, I, I guess it was back in 2017, our new president had uh, district Rotary people come and run a visioning session for us hmm. and helped us choose our top five priorities. And... Uh, I helped the group decide that climate action was one of the top priorities, which they did. And then we formed a Rotary Climate Action team, and the president asked me to chair that, which I have done. That's, a, that's so cool. Can you tell us more about uh, the an actual climate action team and how that is different from a Rotary Club and how they connect? Yeah. Sure. So actually, it's a subcommittee of our club. And uh, as I mentioned, we have about 130 members. And when we started the Rotary Climate Action Team, we initially, there was initially three of us. uh, And we began meeting and uh, did an educational program for our club. Uh, And soon we had eight. And today we have 26 members of the club are in the Climate Action Team also. Okay. What are you guys focusing on now versus what you started with with the churches? Do you guys have a specific focus that you're really uh, going after? Uh, so we, we we started with a humble goal of growing enough Rotary Climate Action teams and other clubs to impact Rotary International. Hmm. We, you know, why set small yeah. goals? <laughs> <laughs> But, I, um, I think it's a fantastic goal, actually. Not small, though. <laughs> right. We, uh, we began making presentations to clubs in our area, and we worked with uh, the city of Northfield to install the first two public EV charging stations in our downtown. And, in, in fact, they're still a couple of years later now the only two public charging stations available in our downtown. And uh, we also began writing letters regularly to Rotary International Magazine. And one of our letters in particular got a lot of attention. And I had my email in that letter. And so people began contacting me. And uh, a club from San Francisco contacted me. And they were, they were all in from day one. And a, a very large and powerful active club. And they built a Rotary Climate Action Team website, uh, which we're still using. And um, we have 
given uh, presentations. Now we have a number of speakers that are listed on our website. And uh, we've spoken to a lot of clubs, both in the U.S., but also in other countries. And one of the things that we do is where we partner with a group called the Global Climate Pledge. That's actually the name of the group. And um, we encourage clubs to go to their website also. And we've had some 900 Rotary Clubs around the world now sign the Global Climate Pledge and pledge to take action. And then we've worked with a number of other very active clubs and other environmental groups to have, I would say, steady pressure on the uh, Rotary International. And uh, they, two years ago now, I believe, we have we have something called focus areas. Mm-hmm. And we had six of them. They're all really outstanding uh, uh, education for women and girls and health and the polio effort and so forth. Um, and we we convinced the with with a lot of help besides us uh, convinced Rotary International to add a seventh area of focus, protecting the environment. And within that is a uh, very specific challenge to Rotary clubs to take action on climate and on actions that will reduce emissions. So, so let me get this straight. The seventh pillar for Rotary International came from Northfield, Minnesota. Uh, I, I wouldn't claim that much. <laughs> yeah. I would say we were, we were, we were amongst one the of, first. <laughs> one, of the many, one of the many burrs under their saddle. There you go. I like it. If you guys don't mind, I want to take it a step back yeah, because I do. think that it's pretty evident, Alan, in just the amount of time that you have put in to like act as an activist of like climate change. Where did that passion stem from? Was it in the 34 years of executive service with the Boy Scouts or did it go all the way back to um, your bachelor's degree? Well, it probably went back to my childhood. Okay. My dad was a World War II vintage veteran country doctor, and uh, he, he had married a nurse, and both of them were uh, grew up in the Depression okay. and were very much about community service. As we grow up, grew up, um, they had us all in scouting as kids, and... Um, a lot of emphasis on giving back and giving service and taking care of other people. Mm. Good parents. Yes. Yeah. They were I, great parents. It's funny. The doctor marries the nurse. I'm a realtor and I married a mortgage professional. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's me. That's, that's. <laughs> I would have liked your dad. <laughs> he was, he was a, a hero in town pretty much uh, – one of the in a small town, there's usually not a lot of doctors, and so mm-hmm. he delivered the. And and back after World War II, the doctors did everything. So mm-hmm. short of brain surgery, he delivered babies and did internal medicine and did surgery and did ER work and they kind of did wow. it all. That's incredible, and you know it's so funny too because 
like we we're now about sixty episodes in into this uh, show, and it's so fascinating. We we ask a lot of the folks that are on, like you know, how did you get introduced to service? How did? And it's really there's kind of three or four different ways that people get introduced, and you know, you're definitely the one that I would say is the the deepest. Is yeah. it's it's genetic almost, like yeah, either through through your entire family. And you inherited those values. Mm -hmm. Some people, they get it by, you know, experiencing the world, like a lot mm -hmm. of the travelers, like the global travelers. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's nice to hear, like, that you you had it from an early age and it's kind of trickle, trickled through your life. I mean, everything from your education to, you know, you deciding to serve in, as the Boy Scouts. I mean, that's very environmental. You're, in yeah. the, you're out there all the time to what you're doing now. So it's kind of fun to to see how that that generational um, component really plays through. So thank you for your service and doing that stuff. I think it's uh, admirable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. My, my pleasure. It's been a great adventure. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, do you, uh, you you've spoken to a lot of different groups? Do you travel with it, or is it mostly uh, online? Good or, question. Um, tell us more. Um, uh, essentially, I drew a, a hundred mile radius around Northfield, and said I'd drive to any of them that were within the circle. But outside the circle, I'd try to convince them to do Zoom. <laughs> mm -hmm. Probably got easier after 2020. Yeah, to convince yeah. them. <laughs> um, what are some of the you know? Just for listeners in general, right now, individuals and at the club level that you talk to people about it, the simple things they can do and that you guys are talking about uh, on a personal level to, to combat climate change. You bet. <clears throat> well, really, the probably the single most important thing that people can do is become a regular caller for their national Congress people. Um, and... Within Citizens Climate Lobby, which I'm also a member of, uh, we've had uh, international conferences in Washington tied to our lobby day. And we've had uh, staff members from both parties come and tell us what really is effective with Congress people. And they tell us that whether you uh, make a short phone call or send a postcard or write a three-page detailed letter, they, they all become check marks on the daily tally of what my constituents care about. Hmm. So if we can get a steady flow of phone calls in particular coming in with constituents, we, we train people to thank them for something <laughs> and then ask them for climate action. And when there are specific bills available, Currently, there's a bill called the Big Wires Bill about improving the grid and uh, interconnectedness between portions of the grid. Mm -hmm. And we encourage people to ask their congressperson to sign on as a co-sponsor. Huh. And of all the things that we can do, uh, uh, buying electric cars, putting up solar um, uh Becoming vegan, you know, all the different <laughs> things that could make a difference. Yep. Um, if all of the people who are believers did those things, that wouldn't be good enough. Mm. We, need, we need all those things plus. We need systemic change 
at the federal level, like uh, a, some kind of carbon tax. A carbon fee and dividend is something that hmm. we've worked hard on. Yeah, that's uh, have you left, but I think uh, hopefully someday. And I think it, I, I appreciate the the advice on on contacting uh, you know your legislators in Congress yeah. because. I, I know that that has big impact uh, more than more than you realize on an elected official. Yeah, it's yep. important. Um, as you, as you've kind of used worked with it within Rotary, and you guys have it within your club, and you taught other clubs. What is kind of the things you've worked with other clubs so they could launch their own action committees, <clears throat> climate action committees? We, we actually have a handout when we are able to speak with them, or we can mail it to them. But it's kind of a step-by-step process of how to start a climate action team within their club. And then, uh, and it's pretty simple. You gather up a couple of kindred spirits and find out if you really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Get, get approval from the uh, governing board of the club. Uh, and then just begin and start investigating what you could do in your own town um, and educating members because I, as much as is known about climate change, I am always surprised when I give talks of how many people still have heard very little about it, mm-hmm. uh, undoubtedly because they have not sought to learn anything about it. Uh, but lots of people still don't know that much. And there's a lot of room for education out there. Can you share what you think is the best achievement of your um, action committee thus far, like your biggest win, maybe tell us a little story about what that was and um, what happened. Uh, well, there's it's kind of two parts, I guess I would say. <clears throat> One is that we, uh, along, again, along with other environmental groups in Northfield and in a college town, there's a number of those. Yeah, uh, we began working uh, on the city to add to the city's long-range plan, developing a climate action plan. And we got that implemented. And then we um, volunteered to help the city develop that plan. And I ended up being a co-chair for the city's committee to develop the climate action plan. Hmm. Uh, And then an outgrowth of that was, as I mentioned, uh, installing those EV charging stations. And we've had a number of other Rotary clubs uh, really like that idea and have pursued that also. Very cool. Being in a college town like that, you are. Do you guys have a lot of interactions with, uh, you know, the younger students and interaction on the on the climate level? We have we have some, not as much as we would like. Uh, typically, we try to do tabling in the commons at the two colleges. Um, uh, and we do that a couple of times a year. And then each of the colleges has an environmental sustainability, uh, group. And we have been to speak with them about the climate challenges. And a, a lot of the students are really quite, uh, better informed than many adults. Uh, and a lot of them have joined citizens climate lobby. And in that case, um, so that's, that's always encouraging, and we, we keep working on getting more of them involved. 
Yeah, I mean, if if they're if you're finding that they're more educated than than your group, do you utilize them as a resource in terms of learning additional information or new new findings and new things or new successes that you you guys can take then to your membership and challenge? It's really interesting. That's actually like the reverse of what you think it would be, right? Like it's right. like, oh man, the kids are teaching us. <laughs> All right. It's like learning technology, right? Like, oh, yeah. how did you turn that channel on? What happened? Yeah. Like <laughs> right. Oh, we we invite them to share with us any new information that they have. But uh, if you if you plug into a number of websites uh, on the internet, one of them is just called Climate Central. I think it's climatecentral.org. And it is just a steady wealth of information about climate science, uh, what corporations are doing or not doing, what uh, different battery technology is being developed, uh, kind of a steady stream of interesting and new information about climate challenges. You know, we talked a little bit, you've, spoken to a lot of groups, both local, national, and internationally. Are there any big projects that's Rotary supporting uh, on the international level uh, that you could tell us about? So within uh, the uh, Environmental Sustainability Rotary Action Group, or SRAG, (laughs) um, there's a, a subcommittee on climate solutions. And one of the, and I'm connected with that team also. And one of the things that we are working to try to bring forward and, and get traction both broadly within SRAG, but also then hopefully Rotary International is uh, a campaign to install a million solar panels, uh, you know, wherever they might be needed and wherever they would do some good. So that's that's one of the, I would say, big efforts that's underway. Interesting. We've had, uh, what was the the WASH program? Um, mm-hmm. What was uh, her role? And the director? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so so we had a big conversation about, you know, how the water is impacted and briefly touched on on the climate impact. But do you guys have, have a connection on the water side, knowing I know it kind of goes hand in hand as, as climate's change um do you, have you guys interacted with them much oh we haven't interacted with them a great deal but uh water is is going to be a, a crisis in a lot of places mm-hmm. uh, as you may know the last last summer was the first summer and there was a water emergency declared on the colorado river mm-hmm. because the big reservoirs were so low and they provide water for some 40 million people uh, and they got a little bit of a respite uh, with lots of snows and snow melt to replenish a little bit of the big reservoirs, but uh, nowhere close to what needs to happen. And <clears throat> I mentioned my my family and my parents inspiring us to service. And my youngest sister became a nurse and ended up starting a program in Santiago, Chile, for uh, women who lived in the shanty towns, teaching them how to do um, preventative health care and training them to go out and teach their neighborhoods how to do 
the same thing, especially uh, preventative health care relative to infants. Um, and she's still there 40 years later now. Wow. Um, but um, I, because she's there, I pay a lot of attention to what's going on in Chile. And their largest city, Santiago, gets most of their water from mountain snowmelt reservoirs. And, uh, as the as the uh, climate changes and warms, um, they're going to be challenged with <clears throat> water supply from those reservoirs in the future. And it's very sobering. Mm. I bet. Um, you know, as we kind of go in a, the show, we always try and kind of get to and wrap up. And we have time. But, you know, we talk about the future of, of both the action committee or the action team that you're on, what would be your long-term goals uh, in the future with uh, the group that you started? Well, we're, we're hoping, uh, as you may know, Rotary um, is, is a rock star organization when it comes to the fight against polio. Mm -hmm. uh, when that battle began, there was polio endemic in some 150 countries and polio really started an international campaign through Rotary Clubs. And it got so much attention that the Gates Foundation uh, said that they would match any money that Rotary raised two to one. And so Rotary still today remains the, the second largest donor after the Gates Foundation yeah. to the polio fight. But we're down to just two countries. Mm-hmm. Just, I think it's just Pakistan and Afghanistan mm -hmm. are the only countries left. And with Rotary Clubs in Afghanistan, there are some amazingly, they worked with the Taliban to finally get the Taliban to quit, quit blocking and actually help us do the polio campaign in, um, in Afghanistan. So, we're hoping that Rotary's next big international project is going to be climate action. Okay. Because all of the good that Rotary has done in the world will end up being for naught if we don't stop climate change. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we drill water wells and build new schools in Central Africa. Well, if, if, if the equatorial region becomes too hot to live in, you know, the world is going to be a disaster. Mm -hmm. Well, as we start to wind down, um, I, th I think one of the final questions I'd like to ask is like, what do you see your role in all of this? A little spark plug. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, I, um, one of my taglines at the end of my uh, emails is, uh, nobody can do everything, but everyone can do something. Mm -hmm. And if everyone will just do what they can do, we'll get there. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Well, and if people want to get more information or reach out, uh, what's the best avenue? And we'll, um, we can share this as well, but we'll let people know where they can find and get more information about the Climate Action Team and uh, information in general. Sure. <clears throat> they can just email me. Lucky my, uh, duck. I love that. <laughs> nice. My email is luckyduck49 at gmail.com. 
Perfect. Well, I'll put that in the bio when we post this. Um, but we thank you for uh, joining thank us. Thank you, today. Alan. It was really inspiring to have you on our show. Well, it's, it's been my pleasure, and uh, I encourage you to keep up the good work. Thank Thanks, you. Alan. Alan, and I got to make the comment, and I didn't, I didn't weave it into the show, but you were certainly always prepared for this show. <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you. Have a good day. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Show off your Rotary Club spirit with Russell Hampton Company. They're the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary items. They make everything like hats, jackets, shirts, banners, and more. Russell Hampton Company is a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business founded in 1920 by a member of the first-ever Rotary Club in Chicago, Club Number 1. When you call Russell Hampton Company, you get more than just a company, you get a fellow Rotarian-owned business who's there to help. No matter if you're ordering for your entire club or just yourself, no order is too big or too small. Not sure what your club needs? Their team members can help and customize just about anything. They live by the Rotary 4-Way Test. They also give 10% of all purchases back to Rotary to support Rotary's global work. So remember, Russell Hampton Company is your one-stop shop for all things Rotary. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Russell Hampton Company, Rotarians serving Rotarians. Of the things we think, say, or do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to walk Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing now was performed by Rotary Club of Dar es Salaam Oyster Bay. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concern? Will it build good? Will it better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Join Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing right now was performed by the Rotary Club of Saskatoon, Natuna in Canada. When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... 
And you can find us by looking up Searching for Service. Great job. We're also on YouTube. You can also find us the same way. And we love five-star reviews, likes, shares, and subscribes. Beautiful. That was good. Good and one. and you can email the show at how much you love it if you really want to at searching for service show at gmail.com. We'll take any feedback though. If it, yeah. We can take that. Be gentle. <laughs> well, we had a great guest today. Alan uh, shared Anderson. about the uh, Alan Anderson, excuse me, about the, the Rotary Climate Action Change. Um, you know, as as we all go forward, you know, what are you thinking you can do in your personal life? I think just having recycling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's not very good at that at home. <laughs> no, it's, it's quick, really just two seconds. Yeah, I, I, I literally opened up the trash to throw something in there and saw cardboard, and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> called out, called out. So it's an area of development for myself, but I came from a place. So my my background is in commercial real estate, where um, like it's. It's one of these things like you do have to have the the behavior at the local level, mm-hmm. even when the systems don't match that at, say, yeah. the district, state, sure. larger yeah. levels. Because that's the reality and that's kind of been everybody's cop out for forever is like, well, you go down the line far enough and it breaks down. Yeah. And it, that's just the way it works. Sure. But but at the, the core of it all, and I think, I think that, um, you know – the most important thing, and Alan did a really nice job, is it is each person's accountability on their own actions, you know, doing something that they can do versus everything. And I even, and I'll even admit that I get wrapped up into that where it's like, well, why am I doing this if down the line it's, yeah, it's not being utilized the way that it should, even though yes. the personal behavior is what's going to drive the down the line impact. No. It's a chicken and the egg what thing. What a great realization <laughs> when you're on air. And it's the it. flogging <laughs> of Joe Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like one. You know, when he talked about something you can do on a personal level that may impact, you know, a larger scale with you know writing to your congressman. Yeah, I, I agree mm-hmm. with that, that too. That was a, a really good point. That is sometimes. You know, we do talk about the recycling, which is important, the things we can do, but that's also something personal you can, yeah. you, we can all do. And Well, and that's a generational thing too where, you know, people of Alan's generation, that's how they communicate. Like they, they go, well, we're going at – like that was commonplace, whereas mm-hmm. today we're like – we just go on social media and air out the laundry, right? Where, yeah. Where that's a great lesson for our generation to, to learn is to go, we'll just go right to the horse – Call them yeah. and notify them of what you're you're feeling and what you're what you feel like is important because that's what ultimately drives it. Instead yeah. of you know it's more personal, it is yeah. more personal and direct. So what I'm hearing is that that process is severely underutilized, undervalued when it actually should be utilized more often than not, and then not. <laughs> I'm trying still to pose use the social, on social media, media. But, but what a but what a nice lesson like the the generations. Like, you know, of Rotarians, you know, we've got the younger generation coming in. We've got the 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 established membership now that's in their senior years. And but there's a lot of things to be learned from those two things, right? Like in wisdom years. Okay. Well, but you really are. And so probably looking back, everybody's, you know, all the members are going, why do people complain on social media? Just call your senator. 
I mean, yeah. pick up the phone, pick up the and- phone and just get something done. Well, as we wrap up here, I do just want to say, I think that the things that I'm going to personally do is continue my efforts in recycling at home. <laughs> and, we, and recycling maybe, for your husband at home. Yeah. And maybe we start composting. <gasps> oh. oh, snap. <laughs> we have composting bags. I am a, I am a former resident of uh, Minneapolis, you know, that was composting. Well, there you go. He can do it. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. It's time to stop searching and start serving. We'll see you next week. Bye.